That's right. Let's give it unto the Lord, Sister Judy, tonight. Brother Keith. Praise God. Praise God. No doubt that could very well be a, a roller coaster ride. Church, why don't we join in with them in praying? You know what the best thing that can happen there? Is for that mama to come to truth. So if they ever have to release her uh, in the next 40, 30 to 45 days, there'd be no greater comfort than to, to know that she's been introduced to truth and not, not only introduced to it, but accepted it and received the Holy Ghost. Amen. And find her a good home church to live for God. Amen. And we know that God's not limited in working in that area. And uh, help Brother Keith and Sister Judy to even be instruments to see that happen and see it take place. Amen. So, Lord, it's good to have your granddaughter and your great-granddaughter with us tonight. Why don't you stand and introduce us to the great-granddaughter? Okay. All right. <laughs> Good to see them tonight. God bless them. Well, we're going to continue on for a little while here tonight on the uh, topic of doctrine. Um, as time goes on, I have really realized the importance of doctrine. Not only to just hear it, but to allow it to be anchored and planted into our lives. And into our most inward parts, our souls, our, our hearts, that, that place where decisions are made, that place where emotions and uh, things like that flows from. Because with a doctrine written in that area, in that place which the heart of the mind, it can sustain us, it can hold us, it can help us. And we know that the Word of God, as the manual, as we've heard it called, and some calls it the book, even people that don't even go to church. If you get in conversation with them and mention the book, they know what the book is. They know. They may have never picked up one. They may have never, they may not even know where you can find John 3.16. They may not have ever heard of Acts 2.38. They've never heard of Moses or Abraham or any of the other characters in the Bible. But they know what the book is. America has been blessed and God has blessed America to have the resources and abilities to have the word of God so available unto us. Even with technology. No, you know... We're really left without an excuse. You can be illiterate, but if you have enough sense about you to get on a phone, you can actually pull it up and uh, have it read to you. And uh, it's amazing what is at our fingertips. And I know, I know the majority of it is not to the good, but it's to the bad. But it's kind of like the tree. Uh, we focus mostly on the evil. <laughs> Very little said about the good. But the tree did contain both good 
and evil. So it depends upon you and I as individuals as we purpose in our hearts, our minds, and our spirit of what we're going to tune our ears to. What we're going to allow to be written on the tables of a heart. What we choose, what we're going to believe. And what we're going to allow to dominate and rule in our lives, in our decision making. As we even sung about the song of Jesus tonight. Probably every one of us could witness of a time and maybe one of the first times we really received the revelation of this name. Through the word of God, through the power of his presence, through baptism both of water and of spirit. The transformation that took place. The burdens that were lifted and the joy that captivated our hearts that took a hold of our minds, the guilt and condemnation that was washed away. Oh, what a, what a time that was. But if we're not careful <clears throat> with time and busyness, making the house of God a part of our ritual life of three times a week, we have a tendency sometimes to fall into ruts. have a tendency sometimes to fall into, well, I've done this so many times, it kind of has lost its alluring to me, its effect upon us, and the power of it. I know the Lord is working on me about this. And I've realized that the local assembly can only be as strong as it has been indoctrinated. Listening to Bishop Odom and to that panel, they got on a little topic, made the statements, and it was in the area of because of the fishing that took place and going and doing it again, using the same nets, using the same method. Uh, but sometimes that, well, we just get tired of hearing it that way. Or, but they basically focus on repeat. And the, one of the best ways to learn is repetition. It's constantly over and reading it over and memorizing it. And, but anyway, one of the, on the panel... My memory serves me right. It was Brother Townley, as others had mentioned it too, uh, that, that even simple announcements for people to really get it, for them to really grasp it, for them to really know what was said, that you really need to announce it seven times. For them to really to sink in the day the time, and the event. One of them stepped in and joined in and said that he read an article where it's most effective when it's repeated at least 17 times. I remember 
Brother Lee Stone King talking about a particular church that he was evangelizing at and in revival. He preached the same message three nights in a row. <laughs> he told them the third night, you, haven't you, you didn't get it the first or the second night. So God sent me back in here to preach it the third night. No doubt with hopes that they would grasp it. They would get a hold of it. And so Bishop Odom had made a statement earlier on in a different setting. And I've heard him make this statement a number of times. But he made the statement. He said, in my days of coming up in the church, he said, our diet was about three things. He said, and we got it every Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. He said it was one God, baptism of water and spirit, and living holy. He said, if we got one on Wednesday night, we got one of the others on Sunday morning and one of the others on Sunday night. And he said that was pretty much the diet that we was raised on. He said, but I can promise you that I've been indoctrinated with this, that nothing will ever move me. We're living in a world today that's not really interested in doctrines. Doctrines are instructions. And for the most part, for most people, we really don't like to read the instructions. We really don't want them read to us. We'd much rather look at a picture and feel like I'm smart enough I can figure it out. Until about halfway through or even further, we got some pieces left that just won't come together because some of the first two steps demanded that we put this one on now that looks like was senseless. Didn't make any sense at the time. And so we just bypassed it looking at a picture. We got too many that looks at the picture and the painting of Jesus Christ and justifies long hair on men. But the doctrine says that long hair on a man is a shame unto him. And anything that's a shame unto God, amen, amen, is a doctrine, hallelujah, that I want to impact into my mind and heart and spirit that regardless of the paintings that I've seen, especially when they're paintings by individuals that don't know anything about the Holy Ghost, that don't know anything about doctrines, that don't know anything about the Word of God and the true God, and you've got to use your hands, amen, hallelujah, to try to tell me what Jesus looked like. And it's contrary to what the Bible says. No, I'm just going to go back to doctrine. And it doesn't matter who believes it or who don't believe it. I'm going back to the sure foundation. I'm going back to the doctrine that got me out of the world and it's going to be the doctrine that's going to keep me out of the world and going to keep the world out of me and it's going to be the doctrine that keeps the world out of the church. We need more than just good feel good services and chill bump services. We need doctrines that will sustain us and hold us that when Corona shows up we can survive the, survive the journey honey. That when the tempter shows up, the devil shows up, the world shows up with all these imps. There's something that's inscribed upon our hearts, our minds, and our spirit that will sustain us. When others backslide and drops the ball, 
when those that we held dear and had great respect in didn't finish the journey. We need something that's written on the tables of our hearts, our minds, and in our spirit that'll bring us through. We're living in a time and we're living in a world that the doctrines of this apostolic doctrine is going to be tested to its full limits. God's going to see to it, and the devil's going to try his best. But those that hold on to the doctrines of the Lord Jesus Christ and the revelations that comes with that doctrine in the midst of the struggles and the battles, because I believe, and I really may not have the scripture Brother Randy mentioned the other day, talking about wanting me to tell him where he's at with Job, because, and I ask him, as far as I know, there wasn't any scripture with Job. So it's hard to find scripture where he held on to doctrine. But the doctrine he got, he got straight from God. It's kind of like Moses on the top of that mountain, talking to him face to face. I'm telling you, when you get revelations from the Holy Ghost, when you get revelations, amen, that you know without a doubt in your mind, heart, or spirit, that's from God. And it's backed up by the written word of God. And it's the only thing that's unchangeable in a world that's trying to change everything it could possibly change. I'm not interested in doing nothing but changing and obeying the word of God. Falling in love with the laws. There's not a greater peace to live than love. It's above your constitution. It's above your government. It's above the laws and the customs of your family. It trumps everything that's ever existed. I don't care how good grandma was. If it wasn't on the doctors of God, she's in trouble. I don't care how good Papa was. I don't care how good this one or that one was. There's still a doctrine that every soul and every individual is going to have to give an account to. Amen. Everybody's going to be judged out of the book. Everybody's going to be judged by the doctrines. And I'm telling you, I'm glad tonight that the doctrines cannot be changed by any man. Somebody brought it to my attention, and I don't know enough about it. Maybe I shouldn't even mention it. But apparently the, uh, the, the priest for the Catholic Church has joined hands with the Muslims and those of, of that persuasion that they're all trying to serve the same God. And he's written in something, to, which I seen that coming here a while back when certain discussions had came up. Folks, they're just going to keep broadening up. When you're not founded on something that will that sustain you and hold you, amen, you're going to move. You're going to shift. You're going to get caught up with the foes and the, the philosophies and the ideals and the opinions of your time. You're going to let the majority, amen, decide where you stand. That's one thing that's wrong with politics today. Amen. Instead of people standing for what that book's taught them and what this Constitution was found upon, they're more interested in votes and they're willing to compromise, amen, their beliefs. They're willing to compromise what their old preacher told them. They're willing to compromise in the old house and schoolrooms and Sunday school 
rooms they was raised up in. Hallelujah, willing to compromise all of that because they'd rather have the praise of man and positions of men and the pleasures of the world that they a doctrine in them that'll sustain them and finding more joy in the doctrines of Christ than enjoying the pleasures of the world for a season. Oh, I see that spirit creeping into the apostolic church. The apostolic church drawed some lines that we won't participate and we won't get involved. But some thinks we can. But I'm telling you, the doctrine hadn't changed. And the outcome, time will tell. Time will bring out the fruition of it. Amen. Praise God. So, as we look at this tonight... Again, as we begin to look at some scriptures and uh, really just uh, try to nail down maybe a few things. I'm not sure just how far along I'm going to get here and uh, the directions I'm going to go. Uh, I know we won't finish tonight uh, as far as uh, even on the term doctrine before we even start in some of the other areas. Um, the importance of doctrine itself which simply means instructions, whatever's taught, a principle, in any science, a dogma, or a truth of the gospel. Doctrines. Truth is what has set us free. And truth is what's going to keep us liberated. And truth is what's going to hold the gospel or hold Jesus Christ or hold the baptism of the Holy Ghost in our services. It's going to be doctrines and true doctrines. Amen. That's going to have to be taught and lived and believed. If you want the glory cloud and the Shekinah presence and you want more of his glory, you've got to get hold of some doctrines. It can't just be a feel-good religion, honey. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, it's something got to get in your crawl. There's something got to get in your spirit. There's something got to get in your mind and give you a backbone like a saw log. I'm not bending for nobody. I'm not bending for the world. I'm not bending for the devil. I'm not bending for not any vigil. Hallelujah. But I'm going to stand to this doctrine because I know I've tasted. I know how it brought me out. I know how it liberated me. I know how it helped me become a new creation. God help us the baton that's been handed down to us that we will protect it and keep it to the next generation that it will be in the condition and shape that God intended to be. Not polluted and contaminated. Looking so worldly. Shame on us when we walk the streets and they can't pick us out. It's not shame on them. It's shame on us. We're the cutting edge. We're the salt of the earth. We're the light of the world. If anybody's got their head on right, if anybody's got the heart right, if anybody's got the feet grounded, if anybody's got their name written in a roll, we got the best life there is to live. We got the most joyful life to live. We got the most peaceful life to live. We got the greatest benefits that's ever been offered to mankind in this life and in that one to come. Nobody can promise you to heal you like Jesus can. Nobody can promise you, amen, that you'll always make a way. Hallelujah, regardless what it seems like. He's a way maker. He's a door opener. Hallelujah, if anybody can shut the door in the devil's face, it's him. If anybody can pull you out of the ditches and pull you out of the gutters, it's Jesus Christ. 
But it takes this great doctrine and instructions that comes out of this book from Genesis to Revelation. And we've been warned in the scriptures two or three times that we can't add or take from it. If we do, we jeopardize our own souls. Paul instructed that young pastor Timothy, amen, to preach it. Hallelujah. Why? For the saving of himself as well as those that's got an ear to hear him. I can't do anything about individuals that don't want to hear it. I don't care how much fire they pull out of heaven. I don't care how, how marvelous and how they may, may sway some people with their oratorial abilities. Hallelujah. But if it's not on the right foundation, if it's not on the gospel, the good tidings, the good news, if it's not on repentance and baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost, Hallelujah, they built on all their own foundation. And it doesn't matter how much silver and shine it's got. It doesn't matter how much glitter and gold it's got. It doesn't matter how solid it is a stone. Honey, when that foundation comes tumbling down, that great man up there, it's going to be a great fall. Only wise men peep down and find a rock and build upon that rock foundation of the apostles. Hallelujah, that liberates our soul. That sets our mind and heart and spirit with liberty like you have never experienced or God experienced outside of it. We're the most liberated people on the face of the earth. With the spirit of the Lord, there is liberty. Liberty for what? Whatever we got a need of. That's what it's for. Healing our bodies, touching our minds, settling our nerves, blessing our finances, whatever we in need of. It's available to us in the presence. But you are not going to have the spirit of God without a solid doctrine. A solid foundation and take a need how you build thereupon with the help of God. So, as you watch some of this, amen. I'm on a, I want to pick back up just a little bit here. Brother Ford had done mentioned this rest and he done mentioned about stammering lips and speaking in tongues in Isaiah 28, 9 and 10. Man. But this is not all that we learn from this. <laughs> Amen. Whom shall he teach knowledge? Whom shall he make to understand doctrine? I touched on this at the end last Wednesday night. Them that are weaned from the milk. Those that are drawn from the breast. True, New Testament, the writings of Peter in 2 Peter 2 and 2 has said, As you born babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that it may grow thereby. If you don't get the word of God to start with right, if you start in error, you're going to wind up in error. If you think you can go around the book of Acts and the Acts of the Gospels and the Acts of Jesus Christ and the New Testament church and make your way to a Roman road and just hallelujah, have the idea and the opinion that all I got to do is accept him, the TH you accepting him. The idea is that he accepts you. My problem's not if I can accept him. My problem, amen, is living in a way that God can accept me. That God will put his signature on me. That God can trust me with his blessings. That God can fill me up with the Holy Ghost. That God can lead and guide me, amen, in all the ways I go. That's the deal. It's not about what I accept or don't accept. It don't mount to a whole lot. My opinions don't mount to a whole lot. 
I walk behind this pulpit, my, my little candy sticks, if I got it, it don't mean nothing. But the doctrines we preach, they're backed up by the written word of God. And they're under the anointing and the option of the Holy Ghost. I'm here to tell you it's a mandate from God, not from a man. God chose a method, hallelujah, five-fold ministry for the protecting of perfecting and edifying of the strengthening and the building up of the church. Why we need it. Because there's so many ideas and opinions and, and the theologies across our world today. We need some old-fashioned moves of God across our land. How you going to get it? Preaching the doctrine. You can be seated. Whom shall he make to understand doctrine? How long has it been since something was refreshed in your spirit, in your walk with God, in your time of study of the word, your time of prayer, or in the setting just like tonight, all of a sudden God, it's only he can do, refreshes something or brings something brand new into your spirit and into your life. <laughs> A doctrine. There's really no new doctrines, but I just wonder how many doctrines has never really been seen, revealed, or made known. When you go to this particular scripture in Isaiah 28 and the stammering lips and other tongues, could it be that Isaiah is really relating the stammering lips into the baptism of the Holy Ghost that you read about and experienced in Acts 2? But other tongues, you can go all the way over to Corinthians writings, the 14th chapter. And it deals with an episode of, of Paul's writings into the Corinthian believers, of working with believers and unbelievers. And the, the, the power of tongues, and because they were using these gifts, and everybody was in tongues. Everybody, a man, was coming speaking in tongues and trying to impress people, a man, with their tongues ability. Hallelujah. But everybody, let me tell you something everybody in this house tonight was just speaking in tongues. We wouldn't edify too many people unless it was used in the, in the means and measures of a gift. Amen for a message and then there'd only be one two and three at the most that would give these tongues and then they're an interpreter and if there's not an interpreter the best thing for that guy to do or that individual amen is to keep it to themselves there's always decent and order in the house of God there's always decent and order in services of God amen because God's in the business of saving souls God ain't in the business amen of pacifying people and whirling people amen of who we are and things of that nature but I'm telling you God's always in the business when we gather together amen to put our doctrine into our hearts and our minds and our spirit that we might get, get tripped up. Get to falling off into things that's unwholesome and ungodly and not acceptable unto him. So as, as you watch some of this really begin to work and uh, it talks about the next verse was precept must be upon precept, precept and line upon line. We, we know this by even from the 66 books. Amen. Apart from one 
are part of that book and another book. And it, that's, that's the greatest thing to use. Amen. It's the Bible itself. As you begin to run references. Brother Ford didn't mention tonight where he sees where the Bible addresses the same topic twice. Amen. That pretty well settles and anchors down what God thinks about that topic or that subject. How he feels about it. And so when we hear that, and we got to pray for an ear because Matthew comes on and helps us as he talks about Isaiah in this time here. How that they would be those that would have ears, but they would not hear. Eyes, but they would not see. Amen. Hallelujah. They was unwilling to hear him. Have you ever thought about why God bypassed the Sadducees? Have you ever thought about why God bypassed the Pharisees? Why did God use some poor a voice out of the wilderness? And I'm going to tie it in with Sunday night. Amen. A voice that came, hallelujah, out of the wilderness. Out of a bearing wound, if you please. After 400 years of darkness. 400 years of no, no prophecy. 400 years of not hearing from God. But then all of a sudden, God takes a bearing wound that was righteous. Hallelujah. That had kept the commandments. I'd walk according to the word of God. And God opens his spare room and brings a son called John the Baptist. Six months ahead of Jesus Christ as a forerunner. Amen. First cousin to Jesus Christ to be a voice. Amen. Out of a wilderness that was going to preach a doctrine. A doctrine. Amen. He didn't go to Jerusalem. Hallelujah. But out in that wilderness he probably talked and preached a doctrine that stirred all of Judah and all the regions around. And they came out to kill this old wild-eyed man. Camel hair and leather girdles and wild honey and locusts. I'm telling you, he didn't fit the bill of man made religion. He didn't even fit the bill of his own dad's priesthood and the examples that they had been instructed and how they dressed themselves and went into the sanctuary and the tabernacle waiting on God. But honey, he come with a doctrine that stirred up the world. He came with a doctrine, amen, that stopped people right in their tracks. How long has it been since God indoctrinated with you with something? Hallelujah, that you was headed doing something. And all of a sudden, the word of God was revealed to you. Amen. And immediately, hallelujah, you knew that was God. Amen. You stopped and you turned around. I'm not going to do that. I was just beckoned by the Holy Ghost and by the word of God. And above all of my feelings and ideas and opinions, hallelujah, the word of God always trumps my feelings. Can't go by feelings. We gotta go with what's in this book. It impact it impact that time. It impact that world during that time. I've got ahead of myself just a little, but I may come back to some of it. Lord, allow me. I didn't lead up to this, but I'm going to jump in here and drop this, and then maybe next week we'll pick back up on it. But Hosea 3 and 4 says, For the children of Israel shall abide many days without a king, without a prince, without a sacrifice, without an image. Leviticus 19 had Moses' writings unto the Israelite people, instructed them never to mold or craft an image. Never to bow down to one. Throughout the scriptures from Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and other places, 
We see where the Israelites would humble themselves, bow down to themselves, reach a place in their backslid condition spiritually. But they would, they would have a tree and pick a tree and use that stock of a tree. And the Bible calls it a stock. Amen. And from that stock, amen, they would heat their homes. They would cook their bread. And the remnants of the remainder of it, they would have it carved out and decked out with gold and silver, trying to get some glory on it. And they would bow down to it and worship it and depend upon them to give them prophecy and direction in what to do. You can read in the Old Testament and you'll see where the same practice, amen, a bell worship. Worshippers, amen, if even the king never conniged, amen, before he went in and took Jerusalem them. The Bible calls it two ways. It talks about him taking swords, uh, arrows, and he's in, and shining them up. And the practice was, amen, in that time, and I believe they got some of this from Jacob in his time, hallelujah, when God moved upon the proper sticks and striped them. And so they used some, it's called divination, amen, the powers of witchcraft to give them directions, amen, of what to do and what direction to take them. I can't be ashamed on us when we start letting the entertainment of the world and the religious world begin to dictate to us what we're going to do and how we're going to have church and how often we're going to have church. I beg the difference for you, honey. We ought to be having church every day. Israel got up and faced that tabernacle every day of their life. Church shouldn't be so boresome that we don't want to come. Church ought to be the most exciting place in our lives. We ought to want to come to church no matter what's coming or what's going on. We ought to want to come here than any other place. I, I'm going to be careful here, but I am a little concerned with some countenance when you come to the house of God. If there's any joy of coming here, it sure doesn't show up. There's no reflection of it. But if we're not careful, we've allowed, we've allowed just coming being here and, and we'll just do any old way if we're not careful we're kind of nonchalant about it and God moves that's good if he don't that's fine but, but we know that's not the heart of God that's not the will of God and believe me tonight I appreciate Wednesday nights and I'm not beating up nobody I'm just telling you the world that we're living and the time we're living the world's done everything it could to rob us of Wednesday nights. Even churches of our own has changed to Tuesday nights and Thursday night, trying to adjust and trying to, amen. It's almost an impossible deal to get the denominal world together on a Wednesday night. If they do, they're going to have something in the likeness of Boy Scouts and something in the likeness of family time, something in the likeness that we're going to feed the flesh. We're going to have milks and cookies and, and things of that nature, amen, to attract them and hold them and keep them. It's one thing that's attracting them that way, but I'm here to tell you milk and cookies won't get the job done. I'm here to tell you pacifying and, and, and trying to entertain the carnal man. Hallelujah, it's never going to get the job done. The spiritual man, this one that's got to have to be changed and without doctrines in a spirit and a man. I'm telling you, the spiritual part of a man will never be changed. It's the doctrines of the word of God that changes us forever. It's the doctrines of the word of God that changes our spirit. It's the doctrines of the word of God that changes our way of thinking. It's the doctrines of the word of God that transforms our hearts. It's the doctrines of the word of God that gives us a renewing of the mind. We don't think like the world. We don't act like the world. We don't live like the world. Hallelujah, we're walking to a different drumbeat. We're walking to a different voice. We're committing ourselves and dedicating ourselves to a doctrine. We don't care. We live above the Constitution. 
living in a world tonight that doing everything they can with laws. But when you're in a lawless society, you can, play, you can pass all the laws you want to. I'm not against them doing it. They're trying their best. But I'm telling you, the only thing that's going to change them is get them to an apostolic church. Introduce them to Jesus Christ. Introduce them to a doctrine. And when they hear it, it's up to them to fall in love with it. And it's up to them, amen, to search it out. It's up to them, amen, to believe it. I can't make them and you can't make them. And we're not changing things, amen. We're not going to get some kind of flashy lights. We're not going to change the music in a manner in a way that's so worldly. Hallelujah, hype and he opened all this. Hey, don't, don't go get hugged. Don't get mad at me. I'm just telling you. Hallelujah. Still old-fashioned doctrine and old-fashioned moves of God and the baptism of the Holy Ghost that transforms us and changes us and pulls us out of darkness and pulls us out of the clutches of the sin of sin. Honey, I'm telling you, everybody that's not born again. They're held captive by the devil. They're held captive by the law of sin. And there's only one other law that can liberate you, and that's the law of the Spirit of God. Amen. When it sets a bold upon our hearts, our minds, and our spirit. But the only way we're going to attain that experience is by the doctrines of the Lord Jesus Christ nothing else can take the place nothing hallelujah can take the place of that so we see and we realize here tonight as you look at John and the power of his preaching and I'll close with this uh, maybe uh, Luke 3 then said he to the multitudes that came forth to be baptized of him talking about John the Baptist O generations of vipers who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come. You got to remember now, 400 years of darkness, 400 years, no prophecy. Best they can tell, nothing from God. This is a time that, that Alexander the Great had died. This is a time, amen, that Caesar had died. This is a time that Pharaoh was set up. And possibly they thought under the Roman Empire and the control of laws, they had men where they wanted them. They had men where they can control them. But then all of a sudden, here comes this old wild out, amen, leather to hallelujah, girded up, camel and cares on. Him. Out in the voice, a voice out of the darkness, a voice out of the wilderness. Hallelujah. Pant for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Get ready for the kingdom of God. Make a way for the kingdom of God. And I tell you, turn that place upside down. You listen to what began to happen. Bring forth therefore fruits worthy of repentance. And begin not to say within yourselves, we have Abraham to our fathers. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. Get off of that kick, Pharisees. Get off of that kick, honey. Hallelujah. You better wake up and realize a new kingdom's coming. A new doctrine's coming. A fulfillment of the law's coming. Hallelujah. A high priest above all of them. A high priest that doesn't go to know any end. A lamb that's going to wash our sins away. Not roll up on. I'm telling you, a doctrine's coming. They're going to turn the regions upside down. I still believe the power's got the ability. Amen. To turn our communities upside down. I believe the gospel and the doctrine still got the ability to break people out of bondage. You and I walk in bondage tonight. It's because we don't believe the doctrine. Or we don't love it and we hadn't kept it. There's nothing wrong with the doctrine. There's nothing wrong with the word of God or the God of the word. Or the church of God. If I'm in bondage, it's my own doings. It's, it's, it's lacking on my part. Not everybody else's. Amen. God's still in the business of giving revival. 
God's still in the business of performing miracles. God's still in the business of blessing his people. God's intention for his people to be the head, not the tail. God's intention, amen, for us to be victorious and overcomers. Hallelujah. It's not God's intention, amen, for us to just barely get through and just barely get by. No, we're made overcomers by the gospel. We're made overcomers by the doctrines of Jesus Christ. We live a life that's complete. We live a life that's whole. Jesus Christ is making us whole. It's by the doctrines. We got an inheritance that's laid up, and we're not about to let the devil or the world rob us of it. I know I missed this. I didn't miss it. I just bypassed it. And it maybe uh, it's a little. <laughs> let me finish this, I guess. He says, and now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewed down and cast into the fire. And the people asked him, saying, what shall we do then? Huh. You know what the doctrine will do to hungry hearts and hungry lives? They'll jump up. They won't rebel. They won't be stiff-necked. They won't get mad at the preacher. They won't get mad at the church. They won't get mad at God nor his word. Not if you're honest. Not if you're sincere. No, bring it on, preacher. Bring the word of God. Put the doctrine in us. Preach it. You can't preach it too hard. If it's a doctrine of the word of God, under the anointing of the love of God, there's no such thing as preaching it too hard. Oh, yeah, you can get people in pulpits that makes holiness of God and not the God, amen, of holiness. You can get people in the pulpit, amen, that's so hung up on certain things. Hallelujah. Get hung up on them because they don't see people get the Holy Ghost and they don't see this and say that. But I'm here to tell you by the love of God and by the doctrines, that's how I want to see people get the Holy Ghost. That's how I want to see people dress. That's how I want to see people live. Hallelujah. Because it's going to be the doctrines. Because you're going to be judged by the doctrines. you got to face them. You can face them now and repent and get it right. Or you can face them in judgment. Amen. And wind up on the wrong side. It's up to you and I as individuals. What we got to do with the doctrines of the Lord Jesus Christ. I got the responsibility to preach it. I got the responsibility to the best of my ability. Amen. To put it out on the table. But it's your responsibility to receive it and eat it and digest it and let it work in your life. I can't make it do it and nobody else can make it. You got to make up in your mind, I'm going to love it. I'm going to love it. I'm going to love it. I'm going to obey it. I'm going to walk in it. Hallelujah. Regardless of what it costs me. Regardless of what friendships i got to cut. What other things in this world i got to cut loose from. I'm willing to do it for the doctrine's sake. I'm willing to do it. Hmm. Praise God. There's nothing like this doctrine. So the people asked him, what should we do then? He answered and said to them, He that hath two coats, let him impart to him that hath nine. And he that hath meat, let him do likewise. Man, repentance. You're going to change your ways. You're not going to be selfish. You're not going to be self-centered. Man, you're going to be concerned about others and the outcome of others. That's the reason you'll start watching every conversation. That's the reason you'll watch what you get lured in and caught up in, where you're going and what you're doing. Amen, because I'm in the soul-bending business. Hallelujah, I'm in representing Jesus Christ. I'm an epistle of his doctrine. I'm an epistle of his authority and dominion. Hallelujah, he's got the dominion in my mind. He's got the dominion in my heart. It don't belong to the world. And my body don't belong to fornication or adultery or any other sexual activity. You don't think it's a mess, you better wake 
back up. You better read Romans 1, honey. You better read Romans 1. You keep flirting with that spirit. You keep gambling with that spirit. You'll see the day when you only want your own. You'll want somebody else's. And so you'll go to bed with this and bed with that and pollute your temple and pollute your... And God had to destroy it. God's helping us. He says, Then came also publicans to be baptized and said unto him, Notice, Master, what shall we do? They came to him. He didn't go to their tabernacles. He didn't go to their synagogues. They made their way out to him. The idea that some people that thinks the church ought to wait on everybody hand and foot and serve them left and right. No, when you get ready to be saved and you get ready to have a relationship with God, you'll be willing to climb whatever mountain you got to climb. You'll be willing to cross whatever river you got to cross. cross. You'll be willing to cut whatever tides you got to cut. You'll be willing to lay down the weight. You'll be willing to die. I want to be saved. I want to know what it is to live for God. And I don't want to be just saved, amen, to go to heaven and miss hell. I want to be saved and have a companionship with my maker. With my creator, God, I want to walk with him day in and day out. To know him and have fellowship with him. He said unto them, exact no more than that which is appointed you. The soldiers likewise demanded of him, saying, and what shall we do? And he saith unto them, do violence to no man, neither accuse any falsely. But be content with your wages. Listen to it as we stand in this house tonight. Listen to what John the Baptist with doctrines. Before they ever get the Holy Ghost. These are repentant lives. To conduct themselves, humble themselves, and yield themselves. If you want to be a vessel of God, if you want to enter the kingdom of God, if you want to know what it's about, start living a repentant life. Bible says, he that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it's sin. This thing's a warfare and it's a battle. And there's really no good thing in this flesh. But you can't let it dominate. And you can't become blinded. I know I didn't get to tonight, but I may come back next Wednesday night and address that. About images. About Israel. What happened to them. What happened to their thinking. How in the world did God's people, a man that had been brought out of Egypt, had saw the miracles and wonders and signs that take place in their lives. The delivering hand of God out of bondage, brought them out of iron gates. Hallelujah, set them free. Amen, provided for them for 40 years. And then they find themselves some 2,000 years later, or 1,000 years of idolatry worship. Amen, fashioning and shaping their own images. Reaching a place, even Dan. Dan reached a place as a tribe that you don't even read about Dan in the New Testament. You don't read about it. It totally don't even exist anymore. You know why? Because they got their own priest. They got their own Levite. Amen. And they had their own government, their own church, and their own God. There's going to be one world and one church. I don't want to be a part of it. I want to be a part of the living God. I want to be a part of the church. I want to be a part of a doctrine, amen, that gets me out of the world and keeps me out of the world. I want a doctrine inside my heart, soul, and mind that'll give me the strength and energy, God, to press on and to walk in the beauty of his counsel and to walk in the beauty of his holiness and have something about Abiding in us and ruling in us. Have you helping us along this journey tonight? 
Singers are going to come. We're going to spend just a little time. If you don't mind, why don't all of us come? Amen. And let's just spend a little time and ask God to help us here tonight. I know it's 10 tonight and 10 to 9, and I know it's getting late in school night. And but let's just take a little time now and ask God to help us. And you know what? I believe God wants to indoctrinate us, re-indoctrinate us. Hallelujah. You know some of these old songs, the reason we got these screens to sing some old songs. Hallelujah. Brother Ford, when God puts that old song on your mind again for three or four days, call this bunch ahead of time. Let's get the song, let's get the words up here so we can do a good job singing it. That's what it's all about. But you know what? We need to go back to some old doctrines. We beat the reader, refresh, and remind it. Hallelujah. Some doctrines. Hallelujah. That preached back in, Har- in Brush Harbor days. Hallelujah. And they had moves of God. We get, got to get back. They man, even naming sin. You know, the best way for this lady to get something out of me is to tell me what she wants. Don't leave me guessing. Now, she'd rather I guess and get it right. I'm not too good at that guessing stuff. I'm not too good at beating around the bush. (laughs) Some of you said, yeah, we know that. (laughs) Let's just tell it like it is. I'd rather if you don't like me, just tell me you don't like me. I'll still speak to you and be your friend. Hey, man, if you'll stay on that side, stay over there. That's all right with me. I mean, I'm just me. I can't be nobody else. I can be what the Holy Ghost wants me. That's the one I am concerned about. But if you just don't like me because I love truth, I love this doctrine, honey, then you've got a problem, not me. But if I could change, amen, to cause you to like me and stay in the confinement of the Word of God, the confinement of the, I want to change. I don't be so arrogant, high-minded, and think i got it all together that I can't change. I'm in the winning business to be changed. I'm still on that potter's wheel. I'm in that potter's hand. Because if I'm not going to, I'll be deceived and wind up lost. I'm going to say this, and it may not go over good, but I'm about to get to that age. (laughs) I'm not talking about getting that age. I can just say what I want to. I I believe it's right the opposite. I don't think getting old gives us a right to say what we want to say and how we want to say it. I still belong to God and the responsibility of God. I don't care if I'm old or from young. The elders is what got Israel in trouble. It was a high priest and the shepherds and the pastors that led them, amen, in the wrong directions. It takes money. But I'm here to tell you, we're not going to compromise to get it. We'll just struggle along, do what we got to. But you know what? God's minister. He can raise up whoever he wants to. <laughs> Amen. Y'all pray for Brother Brad and Sister Bell. They worked with about five guys. He's got more money than all of us in Bendale. They say they're coming. But I want you to hear me tonight. I don't want them to ever feel from me or this church. Amen. We're glad they're here for the money. We're not for the money. Thank God that God, if God wants to bless them and God wants them to give it, that's fine. Amen. But we're after souls. I don't care, amen, if they can't put two nickels together or if they own billions of dollars. Amen. I'm in the business, amen, fishing for men. Hallelujah, God. And if God wants me to fish with a hook, I want to fish with a hook. But if he wants me to net a net together, amen, and get 153 species, hallelujah, then that's what I want to do. It doesn't matter what walks they come from, what colors they come from, what social grounds they come from. It don't make any difference. The same doctrines are delivered them as they delivered us. The same doctrines are set them free as they set us free. The same doctrines are put joy in them as they put in us. 
So as we trust and believe in God, allow him. He'll help us. God bless our singers. We'll let them sing. And let's just love and worship God here a minute. Thank you tonight. God bless you.
we are man to be introduced to this grace this great gospel and the truth of the power of the Holy Ghost and the works it's doing in our lives love you tonight appreciate you let's continue to pray for one another lift one another up let's don't forget Saturday evening 3 o'clock joining together celebrating Sister Ford's 60th birthday hallelujah so always invited come be a part of it and you can come and wind and dine, all right? All right. God bless you. Love and appreciate you.